Welcome back to the nationally syndicated Price of Business Show. I'm your host, Kevin Price, talking about you and your business. And let's face it, what we eat is all of our business. And I love to talk to uh, uh, the folks over at the Washington Post. I've been doing an ongoing series with them now for almost two years, roughly two years, um, on the, really among their best reporters on their best reporting. And the one who's been on often, maybe more than any other of those reporters from the Post, is uh, my guest this segment. Laura Riley, always glad to uh, have you on. Laura, welcome to the program. Washington Post is a phenomenal paper. I, I'm, I'm kind of uh, lean right of center. Uh, the Post uh, is probably left of center. I, I, I believe that. I, I don't agree with uh, often much of what it says. But what I like is that it's factually honest and it's incredibly thorough and it has a breadth and depth that is very difficult to find elsewhere. And I believe unless you like being in an echo chamber and unless you like to drive yourself insane uh, by thinking you're the only person that's correct, it's important to uh, read smart journalism that you might disagree with. I, I think regardless of your worldview, people should be reading the Washington Post. Uh, Laura, welcome to the program. Thanks, Kevin. Thanks for having me back. Yeah, and you have uh, an interesting beat. Uh, it's business, but it also is, it's the, if I recall correctly, it's described as the business of food. Everybody thinks it's a fake job. <laughs> I think I might be the only person who has it. Yeah, so it, it, I cover breath. kind of, the, yeah, the food industry. The breath I mentioned, yeah. Yeah, and you do a great job, and you've had some phenomenally. I never even heard of elsewhere stories. That's, again, what's something you get from the Post, the New York Times, the Wall Street Journal. They're among the only real so-called newspapers of record out there, so uh, absolutely. This story looks interesting. USA aims to tighten humane, quote, humane, antibiotic-free meat labels. And uh, that is an interesting topic. And this is something that, uh, you know, when we've looked at human health issues, even even human development issues through adolescence on, on humans, um, there's been a lot of debate about what kind of impact uh, uh, these uh, antibiotics that have been going into these cows are having on us. And, and uh, um, a lot of people have not been happy with where we are progress-wise. Absolutely. Well, this is really more about consumer fraud. So I, I started reporting on this a couple of years ago. Um, there was a, a science magazine piece and a couple other significant studies that showed that a lot of the meat that gets sold at retail as antibiotic-free or humanely raised or, you know, sustainably raised, whatever, there are all these different labels now for these things. But that, in fact, a lot of the meat that is advertised and that people pay a huge premium for is conventional and, and has kind of thwarted uh, the system and is basically the same as the, the conventional stuff down the, the aisle that you're paying half as much for. Um, mm -hmm. And so this represents the USDA basically saying, we've got a significant problem here and we have to tighten this up. Now, uh, so this is happening. What is the consequences if they're caught? Now, forget about changes in the they, law. Yeah, there are very few consequences. So, and it's honestly, it's, it's an honor system right now. So if you are raising beef and you're saying, oh, we're doing everything right, we're giving them access to pasture, they've never, ever had antibiotics, um, we'll sign this affidavit. If you were determined to have been uh, wrong or lying, 
you basically just can't call that beef, uh, you know, antibiotic free or humanely raised. So, but you don't, there isn't a huge, uh, punitive kind of fine or anything else like that at this point. Um, so this not, would not even much more worth the, slapping. Yeah. Well, so this new, what the USDA announced yesterday, it's unclear what the consequences are for misrepresentation, but at least it would make it more that uh, every producer has to show their paperwork, you know, has to have a paper stream, has to show ongoing that they are raising these animals by certain standards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, some consequence, a little more, it sounds like uh, uh, maybe even a little more emphasis on the prevention side, uh, even more so than the punishment side. Absolutely. I mean, really, I think that that most consumers, if you are, if you care about this stuff, if you care about, you know, consuming animals that have lived at least a decent life until that one horrible day, um, you just want reassurance that you're getting what you pay for and that you're supporting farmers and ranchers that that you believe in, you know, that you believe is are doing the right thing. So this will ostensibly make it a little bit clearer when you as a consumer are in the grocery store looking at these labels, you know, what precisely these things mean. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so it, it seems that, you know, this kind of issue, I've heard this before, this isn't new, and I've heard this on and off for uh, decades. Why do you think it's taken so long? Well, it requires a lot of oversight, you know. I mean, in, in a perfect world, there would be inspectors that do impromptu unannounced visits on ranches and that are looking for transgressions or looking for antibiotic use or looking for animals that are in a more of like a confinement feedlot situation and not out on open pasture. Um, But that requires manpower and money and there isn't allocated funds for this kind of this level of inspection. And so that's why it's always been kind of an honor system. Yes. Yeah. And, you know, laws without enforcement, you know, are kind of a mockery on the laws, aren't they? I guess they have to be in a position to enforce if they want to do it with credibility. Yeah. And and the food system, by and large, I mean, there are all kinds of opportunities right now for greenwashing, for, you know, claiming things are organic or sustainably raised or whatever, because um, you can't look at a product whether that's a tomato or a steak, you can't look at them and determine the veracity of any of these claims. So you really do need a watchdog like the USDA to parachute in occasionally and just keep people honest. Yeah, yeah. So what has been the response from the industry? Um, I haven't gotten a ton of response yet. Basically, the, the, the meat institute and the beef industry kind of said, well, it remains to be seen how onerous this will be moving forward. We need the details of what the USDA intends to do. Um, I did talk to some people that said, well, we're already seeing very steep meat inflation, and this will make it even higher. If you if you aim to buy uh, antibiotic-free, humanely raised meat, it will just get that much more expensive to make uh, producers jump through extra hoops to do paperwork or or show their you know show their actual practices. 
definitely sounds like there's validity to that, right? I mean, it's just adding layers of extra cost. It, it, uh, none of this happens in a vacuum. Absolutely. I mean, but we are seeing kind of a tidal shift. I mean, if we, the state of California has new, uh, you know, the new Title 12 that's about um, pork imported into the state can't have been in a gestation crate, one of those tight crates where the mother pig is, you know, giving birth to the babies. And we're starting to see movement in a lot of states and just kind of a, a, a shift in, in consumer sentiment about, you know, maybe we should eat less meat that we can feel better about in terms of how it's raised. I mean, obviously, you have to have enough, you know, money in your wallet to make these kinds of considerations. So it's kind of the purview of the affluent to be moral in this particular way. But there seems to be a lot more movement in that direction. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now, uh, whenever you, this kind of thing happens, um, you've got the people who have been pushing for it. You know, and a lot of these organizations make a living off of pushing for change. <laughs> That's why they're very difficult to satisfy, you know, when you think about it. Uh, what has been the response sure. by the watchdogs? Are the wa- watchdogs uh, happy with the progress? What are they saying should have been done uh, that wasn't done? Talk a little bit about that. Well, they all say this is a good first step. Let's see how they do. You know, a lot of I talked to the people at at Nyman Ranch, which is a very kind of progressive, mainly raised. They do beef and pork, um, and they said, you know, this is this is a great first step. Um, it helps because the people who've been doing it right, who've been honest all this time, are at an economic disadvantage. You know, if you're cheating, if you're raising animals conventionally saying that you're doing something more, you know, humane, um, you know, you can command a very significant premium price for that meat. Um, It just really disadvantages the guys who are doing everything right. Right. Yeah, which I would imagine those are few and far between anyway. Um, Interesting. And I'm sure this this is going to be the first step. Again, this is the problem a little bit by uh, watchdogs. Watchdogs make a living off of being watchdogs. So in order to stay in business, it sounds cynical, but I, I've seen it too often over the years, uh, they've got to have some reason to stay in business. <laughs> so uh, I'm sure they'll be coming out with, uh, you know, what more specific changes they're going to be seeing. We'll probably see a lot more of that, don't you think? Sure, and there's a long way to go. I mean, we've got a lot of animals that we eat, and uh, if there were a little more scrutiny about how they're raised, um, you know, I, I think that they certainly they would live better lives, um, and perhaps we would be more thoughtful in, in how we spend our money on, on food. Yeah, I think so. I agree with that. Final thoughts as we wrap it up. I'm sorry, what? Say that again? I'd love to get your final thoughts as we wrap it up. A takeaway, if you will, for the listener. Well, I think that this is an example of uh, the USDA uh, taking on some of the blame. You know, they've been they've kind of put their head in the sand for the past bunch of years and said, oh, we can't do this. It's too hard. And so there were some very significant uh, studies that showed lapses. So I think that it is a, a function of the agency saying, yeah, we've got to step up and be more uh, aggressive in in our demands um, because there's a lot at stake. I mean, consumer confidence is a very precious thing, and I think that that they uh, recognize that consumers are not happy. 
Yeah, I think you're right. Thanks as always for being with us. Always look forward to having you on. And I do want to encourage people to learn more about the Washington Post. Very easy to do over at WashingtonPost.com. And our, our guest, again, is Laura Wiley. Always love having you on. Thanks for being with us. Yeah, thanks. Great to be with you. And, Take and, care. And I will mention, we will, of course, have a link over to the Washington Post from PriceofBusiness.com as well as to your interview with us today uh, for those who check out our archive. I am Kevin Price. This is The Price of Business. <laughs>